Hey everyone, welcome to the Drama Club. On this week's episode, we discuss the Bella Thorne and Whoopi Goldberg feud, and then May tells the story of Hollywood Madam Heidi Fleiss. Stay tuned. What up, fam? Feels good, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA to NY. Um, Jenny went to Hawaii. <gasps> What's she doing out there? Oh, she's with some friend. Okay, I know. Isn't that cute? Uh, what island did she go to? Honolulu. That's like I would not want to ever go there. I always ask people what island they went to as if I fucking know what that means, but just. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! I do not know what that means. <laughs> What island did y'all go to? California. Uh, 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 dope. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't have like a super interest in going to Hawaii, but it looks beautiful. Like yeah. I feel like if first, like if I, I don't know, like if for some reason I was offered like a trip there, I would go, but I'm not like, you know where I got to go? Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the perfect, easiest vacation. It's su- like, I totally get it now that we've been. Would you I go really, again? I really liked it. Uh, with like friends, yeah, and that I wouldn't want to go just me and Hawell again. Yeah, for why? Yeah, I really want to go. <laughs> he when... said that's really mean. <laughs> <laughs> which which one of our followers is like at a uh, uh listeners in is like yeah at a really lit vacation in Mexico? I mean, I don't think she's still there. No, she's not still there. But when she was there, I was like, I was yeah, real it jealous. Awesome. <laughs> it looked really awesome. And they had, like, the traditional dancing and shit. Yeah. That shit looked amazing. Oh, man, I thought I had saved it. I don't know who it was. Which one of y'all went to Tulum? Let us know. Hit us up. <laughs> 505-539-0556. Hook us up with your travel agent. We're trying to go. <laughs> yeah. Travel agent. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, what are you doing today? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what am I doing today? Nothing, I don't think. I'm tired. Yeah, that's perfect. I hurt Me myself too. yesterday. Oh no! Why me? I had yeah. It it was like um. Well, I had hurt myself the day before at oh, why'd you go back yoga stupid? because this one I had to go to this because it was like a like a Madonna Pride um Planned Parenthood like benefit type thing. Uh huh. And I helped curate the playlist, so I was uh-huh. like, I had to go. And oh, I was no, like, you hurt yourself? Yeah. And like my oh, whole body man. hurts. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. That sucks. Yeah. I fucked up, man. Um, People are liking the JFK episode. So that's cool. Who wouldn't, baby? Right? I like that tweet where the girl was like, I got to show this to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. That's our the name of our podcast should have been the Thirsty Mom Club. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if we were moms, we're dog moms. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see this? Maybe this just pissed me off. That Ke- Kevin Sorbo uh-huh. saying feminists aren't like where the feminists defending Sarah Sanders. Oh, for, he was de- like defending feminists her only for what? defend exactly because she's like going because she's making this like choice to like go be with her family instead of continuing her career. I guess, but. 
that's not why people don't like her. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody has a problem with that, my dude. Like, that's not a feminist issue. I like everybody was dragging him on Twitter because he was like, feminists only care about liberals. Where are the feminists defending Sarah Sanders? And they were like, defending her for what? Like, <laughs> like same shit. Kevin Sorbo is so problematic. What the fuck was he in? Hercules. Oh. Yeah. He, whatever. He he found his niche. The only Hercules that matters is the Disney one, all right? <laughs> not, and not even that one, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he uh, he made, like, some right-wing movie. Oh. And I, I honestly, like, I feel like I never heard him talk about any of, about any of this shit until after he made that movie. So I think, like, yeah. he needed the money, made that yeah. movie, and then yeah. found out, like, oh, hold up. Oh, he gets a lot of clout on Twitter. Yeah. I could be yeah. one of these guys. Yeah. And, and make money off it. Yeah. I don't need a soul. <laughs> um, he Then I was looking at his Twitter after the Sarah Sanders things. Oh, there were some good responses to him, too. Somebody was like, I will always defend Sarah's uh, like right to equal pay. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, if she has like a feminist issue, I would defend her. But sh- she's just a fucking liar. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not defending trash. that bitch for lying. Yeah. Like, what? And, um, and we're paying her salary for her to lie to us yeah like, fuck that shit no fuck go you home, bitch yeah, yeah. Go, bitch. i salute her go be a mom that's nice go lie to your kids go lie to your kids <laughs> your shitty kids do that shit for free <laughs> um then i saw i was like looking at his twitter and he had one that was like liberals we must not let unvaccinated kids into our schools. Also, liberals, let all these unvaccinated immigrants into the United States. What the fuck? Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Oh, my God. I know. I got more vaccines than the average American. Tell you that That's much. That's true, though. <laughs> That's very true, though. You got that fucking scar on your shul- your arm? Yep. You know that one? What is that shit? That one is the tuberculosis, I think. Yeah, you know you're a real one when you see someone with that yeah. scar. I'm like, oh, what's up, baby? Yeah, guess what, bitches? I'm not getting your, tuberculosis. What? <laughs> <laughs> tuberculosis free since 93, baby. <laughs> oh, man, that shit's hilarious. Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you know who's not problematic? Xena Warrior Princess. What's that bitch's <laughs> name? Lucy Lawless? She dope. It should have been China. Uh, oh yeah, it could have been, been China. That. Yeah. yeah, that had a moment. Those shows, huh? Yeah, that was weird. They were weird. Okay, I like watched them for like five minutes. I don't know, like a handful of episodes. And uh-huh. I Zena specifically, it was like a real serious show. It, I and when I tell you I watched it for five minutes, like I don't know, I maybe watched eight episodes. Yeah, but it went from like four episodes of like a real serious show to like the other four episodes i saw there were like wacky sound effects <laughs> what <laughs> like it, it became a sort of weird almost comedy it was very weird oh my god yeah they didn't know what they like were doing. Uh, like overnight yeah that's weird that sucks <laughs> yeah what happened to those shows that those are like saturday morning shows yeah that doesn't exist anymore. There's no like, well, that was also like a Saved by the Bell. Yes. Yeah, that shit doesn't exist. Yeah. Fucking Pokemon. <laughs> I used to watch Pokemon on Saturday mornings with the twins. <laughs> no. My mom and my tia Marta would do uh, yard sales at my mom's house. Yeah. And they'd come over and we'd get McDonald's and watch fucking Pokemon. Hell yeah, baby. McDonald's breakfast? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> that's just that. <laughs> oh, I watched a movie last night that kind of slaps. No, you didn't. What yes, movie? I did. It's called. Dude, I did that to my boss, and she was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> what? The, no, you didn't. She was like, "I have something to tell you." I was like, "No, you don't." And she was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, my bad." <laughs> I'm just messing around. <laughs> And next thing you know, you're fired. fired. <laughs> and now I'm broke, guys. What's up? <laughs> fucked around too much and got fired. <laughs> fucked around and got fired. Uh, it's called Todos Lo Saben. It's oh. on Netflix. Oh, okay. It's with, Spanish? It, yeah, it's with Penelope Cruz and um, Javier Bardem. And really low-key first time i've seen them together in a hot second so and it's recent yeah it's from it came out late last year like in the festival circuit okay it's by the director it you guys seen all those iranian movies that are popping like yeah fucking the salesman and about ellie i think it's called and uh the separate separation like it's mm-hmm. by that dude and it's like okay. it's low-key kind of good it's got it's not his best movie but it's i i would say watch it that's cool I watched Flowers in the Attic on Amazon Prime. No, don't week. do that to yourself. Oh, that shit's fucking good. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. Wait, like the old, old one or the one the with old ass one? Shipka? No, the old ass one. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's so like cheesy scandalous. Yeah. I like the idea of that movie, but the execution is like... They could have done it way better. Yeah. Like, I th- and it was, imagine in the 80s, that must have been so scandalous. Ooh, like yeah. the ancestral vibes. Right. And like even now, incest. Whenever that you see Steph's it, Steph's eyebrows out. are moving so much right now. She's so pumped, dude. Incest is still one of the things where it's so taboo yeah. that you you don't see it handled very often on TV or movies, right? So like even now, I think it would be crazy. Oh yeah, and when it is, like it's so. I feel like it's so salacious. I'm super interested. In, that's such a weird thing to say, but like, no, I know what you mean though, because it's so bizarre, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's just like, like, um, Boardwalk Empire. Remember that happened with the, what's his name? Michael Pitt. Yeah. Michael Pitt. Yeah. And his mom on the show. Remember that? That was fucking what? fucked up. Yeah. She, ma- she, well, she fucks him. Ew. I know. <laughs> fucking gross, dude. And she max on him and shit. Like, in front of everybody. yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I like, like on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, not that like, you can fuck someone on accident. <laughs> <laughs> fucked around and mac my <laughs> What up, guys? My name is Stephanie. Hey, guys. My name is May, and together we are the Drama Club. Thank you for listening. It's our full ass episode. Yes, 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 yes. We are the podcast about scandals, celebrities, biographies, Twitter, uh, <laughs> Hercules, Instagram, Zena. Hercules, yep, Zena, Warrior Princess, Bops, Slaps, all of the and above, all the rest. So this week, Bella Thorne came on her Twitter and she posted a series of screenshots between her and who she says was a hacker who had hacked into her cloud Mm -hmm. and had her nudes and stuff and was trying to, uh, what's the word? Blackmail? Blackmail. There you go. Mm -hmm. He was trying to blackmail her. So she like posted the screenshots and she was like, you're not going to fucking control me. And then she posted her nudes. She was like, here's my nudes, you know? Did Like, I, I just know the story, but I didn't read the... I didn't know she posted, like, the screenshots or yeah. posted the nudes. Are they, like, are they bad? Are they cute? Are they 
I didn't see the nudes. I didn't look at them. Um, but yeah, she was like, you know, this is for some. This was supposed to be okay. So no, so that happened. Mm-hmm. She posted the nudes. The internet was like, oh shit, you know. Yeah, that sucks. Then the View talked about it. <laughs> like they had a whole ass segment about it, yeah. and Whoop Whoopi Goldberg said like it's her fault basically she was like if you're a celebrity you shouldn't be taking pictures like that like you know that now in the world of the internet nothing is private and shit and like everything gets out there eventually and like basically shaming bella yeah for having taken the pictures in the first place right so then bella was fucking pissed and like did a whole ass video where she's like fuck you whoopi goldberg <laughs> Words I never thought I would say. Oh, God. Whoopi, Whoopi says some problematic things. I mean, we all say problematic things, but, you know, yeah. not everyone has Lord that. Knows I do. <laughs> no, not everyone has that platform. So it's like, you know. Yeah, when it's you, always on display. Right. When you say something problematic, it's like, oh, but. Yeah. Ugh. But so Bella was like, that's not fair. Like, I shouldn't be shamed. Yeah. I took these pictures for so- somebody that, like, I'm in a relationship with or whatever. And right. I should be allowed to do that. And. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't feel guilty about that, you know? Yeah. Oh, I feel yeah, bad for Which her. was, I thought that was good. Good for her for standing up to her and saying that. Because yeah. it's true. Is that a generational thing, though? Will, will anyone over the age of maybe 50 or something be like, just don't take fucking pictures? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think you're right. Like, I don't think they get it, right? Like, yeah. they just don't get it. Like, they're like, why do you want to do that? Because for them, it's like, just don't do it. You know? Right. Yeah. Just don't yeah. Do that. But for us, it's like such like we're so attached to our phones and to pictures and Mm -hmm. to all that. So, you know, it's our love language. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) And you know what happened? Like when when the first time I started dating after being in a relationship for a long time, it was like um, I started dating this guy right before smartphones were a thing. And then like stopped dating him after like well after smartphones were a thing. So right. when I started dating again, it was, I thought like one of the most shocking things were like a guy would ask you for your number and then immediately ask you for pics. Like, oh, send me a picture of yourself or something. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's fucking weird. Like, yeah, th- that was not something that I realized was a thing. But then I learned that's very common. Yeah. Because we live so much of our lives on our fucking phones. Like, yeah. you know, you got to exist in there too, baby. Right. And also yeah. I think it's that thing where they want to like also show their friends like, oh, who are you talking to? Oh, exactly. this girl. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Not necessarily news. We're not talking about news right now. We're just talking yeah, about. Yeah, just like selfies yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, pictures in general. And I, and it's easy to see how that could progress. It may be nudes. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you're when like somebody's dating someone and you're like, show me a picture of them and they take a long ass time to find the best picture. Of yep. Them. Yep. That's why you should just ask them for their selfie because <laughs> they're going to send you the best one. Yeah, that's true. And then you got it on deck to show your homegirls <laughs> who want to talk shit. It's in the group chat already. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever selfie you're sending somebody you're dating, that shit is yeah. in several group chats. I just like, assume that it's immediately within 15 seconds in the group chat. Yeah, you might as well have just sent it to the fucking group chat yourself. <laughs> Here I am. Oh, sure. What's your group chat? Like, <laughs> do your worst. Yeah, you know, on Reddit, there's those roast me things now. Yes. Yeah, that you might as well just send it like that to all your girls' friends. Uh, so, what is Bella like? What's up with her? Is now the anger more towards Whoopi, or is it still like I can't believe this fucking thing happened to me? I think it turned towards Whoopi, right? Because I think she was like. 
I'm going to do this thing to take back this power. Right. And she was feeling good about herself and then Whoopi fucking made her feel like shit. Oh, God. <laughs> Bella yeah. Thorne is kind of messy. What um, is she famous for? She was in the Spring Breakers. Remember that movie with oh, uh, James Gomez? Franco? and Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, briefly, she was linked to James Franco. Oh, no. Girl, you too yeah. young man. Yeah. And so I just remember like she was very like in the tabloid thing yeah. around that time. Yeah. I weird. I always confuse her with um with Julia Roberts' niece. What's her name? Oh, Emma. Wa- Emma, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Yeah. What do you, what did they want? Money? I don't know. I'm not sure what they wanted, but it's true. I mean, that's all she could have done in that situation to take back the power, honestly. Yeah. Now they have no fucking bargaining power, you know? Whatever the fuck they wanted. <laughs> we don't negotiate with terrorists. Fuck no, baby. <laughs> <laughs> These bitches on the view, they straight up be talking. I want to do a I want to do an episode on the view because of that book that came out. What book? I want to read it though. It's got all the tea about all the shit that happens on the view. I think it's called Ladies Who Talk or something. Oh, that's what we are. <laughs> I can't wait to slut shame someone 20 years younger than us <laughs> in 20 years. <laughs> I'm not going to slut shame you, but I'm going to scat shame you. <laughs> don't do that shit. Just God don't do it. Damn <laughs> it. Just don't do it. <laughs> Just like Whoopi. See? <laughs> Really? This is your own fault because you keep fucking around with boo-boo. Boo-boo. I keep sliding into exactly rights DMs and they, nobody's responding to me. That sounds exactly right. Right? I keep I sent them all the pictures of JFK Jr. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you think that they, they want to hear us talk about scat play? <laughs> Maybe. You never know. I think Heidi Fleiss was doing what she had to do. She needed money. She did what she had to do. She wasn't giving it to no man. She didn't have a pimp. She wasn't um, out here spreading diseases and stuff. She didn't walk the streets. She did it tastefully. She did what she had to do. She was paying her bills, and that's all that matters. She got her money the way she needed to get it. And so you think she's got a lot of support? Yeah, I'd support her. No problem. How about some of your friends? Yeah, I know they would. We'll get into this, I guess. Let's do it. Girl, I guess. I guess. I don't know what you're doing. Okay. I'm kind of excited about this one because this has long been an interest of mine long before it was appropriate for me as a young child. <laughs> but I'm going to do Heidi Fleiss. Oh, that's a good one, May. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Oh, Heidi. Oh, Heidi. I'm trying to think, did we watch any movies this week? We watched Juice, actually, because it was about to drop off Amazon Prime. Oh. Well, I hadn't seen it. I was like, Juice? Yeah, juice. <laughs> I was thinking of a new movie. No, I hell like, no. Juice? No, you know me. I'm watching Flowers in the Attic <laughs> and Juice in the year 2019. You know what? You know that the new, uh, the Alamo Draft House is opening downtown, and no. I'm like, fucking dying to go yeah and the first movie i want to see there for sure is midsummer have you seen the the trailers for that no that shit looks good as fuck it's by the same dude who did hereditary oh okay which was a bop i know so midsummer looks fucking incredible and i would love for that to be the first movie i see at alamo draft house Hmm. oh wow looks like it's gonna be really nice yes 
I'm so pumped. I've been literally been waiting for this since like 2013. It was supposed to open. <laughs> it, it was that's when they announced it. it was supposed to open in like 2015. And I've just been waiting patiently. All right. So Heidi motherfucking flex. <laughs> I got this from the 1995 Nick Broomfield documentary Heidi Fleiss Hollywood Madam which is it's kind of interesting Roger Ebert put it on his top 10 list that year really yeah um, that's cool it's it's just it's very weird and it's got a very weird and interesting cast of characters which are all the people that were like around Heidi at that time mm-hmm. and they're all sort of like telling the little piece that they know and putting the story together it's it's Ooh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's a woman of many secrets, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, uh, do, do you guys know Tubi? T-U-B-I? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've rarely, you know, when you search for like, where is this movie? On rare occasion, like it'll but come it up on free? Tubi. Yeah, but it was free. Okay, cool. So watch that shit if you want. Uh, I also read a really great po- profile of Heidi's in Elle magazine and of course consulted her Wikipedia. Hell yeah. Heidi has led a... That's our number one consultant. Wikipedia? Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the third person on this podcast. Yep. <laughs> no, who else the third person on this podcast? <laughs> then Wikipedia. Then Wikipedia, then the pups. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she's led a really fascinating life, and she's definitely a hustler who I feel like had a few things gone differently in her life. She'd for sure be like the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or something. Right, right. And she's not a scammer. That's the thing. Like, she's like... Yeah, she, legit legit businesses. Just yeah. salacious, right? Right. Okay, so Heidi was born on December 30th, 1965, right here in my neighborhood of Los Files. She was one of six kids born to Elisa and Paul Fleiss. Oh, God. What? Oh, six kids? Six kids, yeah. You know that her first cousin, uh, I don't remember his name, but... His last name is Fleiss. He is the creator of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And what? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So this whole family is popping off. Yeah. All right. So Paul, her dad, is quite a fascinating character in his own right. In his day, he was like one of the most famous and popular pediatricians. Oh. The Los Angeles Times called him, quote, everyone's favorite baby doctor. All the celebrities in Southern California sought him out for their kids, and he was known in the media as the pediatrician to the stars. Wow. But he was also super popular among regular poor and middle class folks in the area, so he was like crazy successful. There was constantly patients in his office. That's quite the niche right there. Yeah, exactly. Child care? <laughs> he would do anything for their fucking kids. Right. <laughs> so fuck those kids. Michael <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> fuck them kids (laughs) so this is the first time I've done on the ground research for one of our episodes because I actually went to Paul's old office oh cool which will play a role later in Heidi's story okay his office is now an Ample Hills ice cream shop which which is the main reason that I went because I love ice cream yeah you went to the ice cream shop you didn't do all (laughs) <laughs> on the ground research. I wanted to see where I all this went ice down. Cream. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> I've been meaning to go to this place since it opened like a year ago, but uh-huh. I never go because my favorite ice cream shop, Jenny's, is like yeah. two blocks closer to my house. So I've always been like, why would I yeah. go to another place anyway? 
Yeah. Shout out to Jenny's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, fun fact, my, mo- my mom and dad toured the office when it was released a couple years back, like oh. shortly after Paul died, like when it was still set up like uh-huh. an office because my dad was thinking about opening a medical spa there. Oh. But A, it was too expensive. And B, I put my two cents in because there's already the Los Feliz Med Spa on the same street a few blocks up next to what? Jenny's ice cream. Oh, my God. <laughs> and as we all know, people aren't willing to go two blocks down. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, so Paul advocated breastfeeding, which I didn't realize was ever a thing that was considered like novel or, or controversial. I think like, you know, like in the 70s when they were like finding new ways to do shit. (laughs) (laughs) Even Hoel is laughing. (laughs) You know, like they when did formula get invented? Like I bet when that shit came out, they were like, this is so much better than breastfeeding your kids. Like this is scientific and shit. And like, you know, like it's way better than the shit that comes out of your titty, you know? You like want that, you want that like free that. shit that comes out to titty or you want this? Or do you like, want this fucking legit formulated ass shit? Yeah, Jetson's you know? ass shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Fuck both of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they be inventing shit? <laughs> In the 70s. No, I feel you. Like sometimes I'll see commercials from like the 1950s and they'll show like a TV dinner. Oh yeah, like, and that's like fucking it's like the future, right? and they're like, yeah. oh yeah, look at all this that you could be feeding your family this nutritious whatever, just, and and now it's like, yeah, don't fucking feed anybody yeah. those things, right? <laughs> that's why everyone's like, sick and shit. <laughs> no, you're right. Like the seventies were at the anti goop. Yes, like we're in exactly. the goop era now. Yeah, yeah. Seventies, they were like, smoke this cigarette, <laughs> get formula, <laughs> eat this TV dinner, have a light beer. <laughs> So, so Paul was all about that titty milk. <laughs> same. I mean, same, right? I mean, who here isn't all about that titty milk? <laughs> I just saw this tweet going viral. That was so funny. It was like, y'all motherfuckers go out of your way to eat organic and oat milk and shit, but you'll snort cocaine from your shady friend from college. Where's the lie? <laughs> Is that cocaine organic, though? <laughs> it's not from Whole Foods. <laughs> so, okay, he was also a proponent of the family bed, which is that thing where the whole family sleeps in one bed. Oh, remember that movie with Away We Go? John Krasinski? Yeah. I fucking love that oh, movie. Oh, is that Maggie, too? It's Maggie it's that Maggie does Jill that, right? Hall. Yeah, it's yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal, John Krasinski, and fucking uh, Maya Rudolph. But uh, who's Maggie's husband? Is it... Oh, it's somebody. I was going to say Jake. <laughs> no, it's somebody famous, I think. Yeah. Anyways, that anyway, movie's so fucking good. I love good. that movie. That movie oh, makes me feel feelings, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And heartache. why isn't Maya Rudolph in more like Indie sort films of like that? Yeah. And more sort of and serious. serious? Not that she's she, so good. It's not a dramatic role. She still like does like funny but she's things somber. and stuff. But she, yeah. But and, I, I want her in roles like that. Yeah. Because they, oh, really they give all those roles to Kristen Wiig. She does, like, Kristen Wiig's the, whole indie career is all, like, sadness. The Skeleton Twins, remember that yep, shit? Yep, yeah. That movie's good. All right, anyways. I love Everybody Lighter. go watch Away We Go, Skeleton Twins, and Juice. 
Blame it on my juice. Did you see Lizzo on the uh, on the video, MTV. the movie awards? Yeah. Yes. She fucking she killed so it. So good. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So, uh, Doctor Paul, Doctor Feist, he was also anti circumcision, which you know, whatever. That's also good. Yeah. To each his own. <laughs> oh. I don't know. That's cut. That's. I'll I'll go either way on that one. But it's like uh, it's unnecessary, right? It's a uh, cosmetic. I think the jury is still 100, like, it's still out on whether or not. Oh, no, you're right. Unnecessary, but is it helpful? I think the, the jury's still out. The last two babies who were born, when I was, well, we were in the hospital when Elias's son and the doctor was like, it's 100% cosmetic. <laughs> whatever. Do whatever you want. <laughs> he was, like, so annoyed, too. Really? Like, yeah, oh, because they were like, asking? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was like, it's 100% cosmetic. Do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I have a preference. I'm not going to, I'm not going to proclaim it here, but. Well, let's see. It's like a hard guess here what your preference is. Why? Why? People have preferences. I've, I've, no, I know, but you're not going to say it. Like, we don't all understand already what your preference was. No, I just don't want to shame, like, who's whatever doing what. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. Uh, Anyway, so he recommended, but did not insist upon vaccinations. Oh, vaccinate your kids. Yeah. And he stated that he, quote, could be convinced either way as to whether or not HIV causes AIDS. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. That that one's wild. How? <laughs> yeah. How sweet. Like what? Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know whether or not this beer is causing the you guys you to be drunk. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just oof. He also became a doctor like in a kind of weird way. Yeah, back in the day it was easier to become like a doctor to nurse. Yeah, he had uh he was like some I think he was like an osteopath or something and uh-huh. in California you could convert that degree to an MD or something like that. Some sh- some oh, shit like that. Sh- that shit's scary. <sighs> anyway, so Paul was clearly a sort of eccentric weirdo as far as his medical views go and mm-hmm. we can sort of extrapolate from there how a person with these kinds of beliefs would raise someone like Heidi right and sort of get roped into her, her whole thing later but we'll we'll get to that soon enough for now back to Heidi I just wanted you guys to get a feel for how she grew up so as you can imagine uh, as the child of the pediatrician to the stars Heidi grew up pretty comfortable when she was a kid she stood out early because she was a chess champion Wow. When I read that, I was kind of like, of course she was. Like, yeah, you there's and there's a lot of things about Heidi's life that I think like when you see the big picture and you put the pieces together, you're like, of course, like you have to kind of be thinking three steps ahead to do what she does, you know? Yeah. For example, she started babysitting at age 12. But after about a year, she realized that she could make more money by connecting her friends with other families in the neighborhood who needed babysitters and taking mm-hmm. the cut. So at 13, she started a babysitting agency and hired 20 of her friends. <laughs> That's when Heidi, I think, really got a taste for business and more importantly, a taste for money. Right. She kind of stopped caring about school at that point and used the money from her agency to pay the A students in her class to copy their work. <laughs> Perfect. This, this to me fucking sucks though because I think this is this is like the moment where if Heidi had applied herself, you know, at school, at school, yeah, <laughs> yeah. May, maybe gone to like business school or something. Should have been Steve Jobs, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like the the sky was the fucking limit for her. But I think she not that this not it's that it's easy to be a hustler, but like I think in her mind she's like, I'm gonna take the easy way out because she's just so good at it, you know? Right, right. It's all about like be, having the perfect balance, right? right. Of, like hustle, responsibility. Yeah. Right. So by age fifteen, she started working at a local at a local flower shop. And one day they sent her to a Julio Iglesias concert Ooh. with with 40 roses and advised her to sell them for $5 each. When she sold all her roses and came back to the shop with the 200 bucks, she gave her boss the cash and quit. The next day, she went to the flower district, bought 200 roses and sold them for $10 each at the next concert. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi says, quote, I just pick up a hustle really quickly. And the flower thing became her hustle for the next couple of years. I think wow. she ended up dropping out of school, but don't quote me on that. I just never see anything about her actually graduating. Okay. And I know that she got really into partying and drugs around this time. And when you have as much cash as she had from all her hustling at like 16 years old. Imagine. I, I really can't imagine her showing up to like first period English, you know, like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what up, fellow youths? <laughs> <laughs> By 19... Heidi was working at a restaurant serving and hostessing where she met a 60-year-old billionaire and one of the richest men in the world at the time, Bernie Kornfeld. Bernie was in finance. The the two started dating and traveled the world together, eventually settling down in Howard Hughes' old penthouse in the Bahamas. Ooh. I honestly don't think anything good has ever happened in the Bahamas. <laughs> no, that's true. Though. Anytime you hear about the Bahamas, it's like some shady shit or yeah. like Howard Hughes is pissing in the bottles. Like <laughs> there's no, there's no in, there's in a between. machete involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For her 21st birthday, Bernie got Heidi a million dollars in cash and a Rolls Royce. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. This fucking shook me because I've never gotten like a really great gift from a man. And like, granted, I'm like pretty hard to shop for because like if I ever want something, I usually just fucking get it. But like, this is the perfect gift. Like, just give me a million in cash and a Rolls Royce. It's perfect. Yeah. Although a million in cash sounds kind of like cumbersome. Like, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Where do you even keep it? Can you? Uh Yeah, I don't. Yeah, get me a gift. Maybe a gift card would be better. <laughs> Give me a million dollar gift card to Marvels. <laughs> I'm going to close all of it in San Yeah, Maxinista for life, though. <laughs> then I was sort of like thinking about, I was like fantasizing about what I would do with like a million dollars in cash. And I was like, you can't even like really, is there a purse big enough? Oh, you no. Go, you know, I think it's like, it's actually shockingly small, though, also, right? Like, it's just big enough to be annoying. Yes. But it's small if you think, like, a million dollars in cash, right? Right, right, right. It's probably, like, a fourth of your mattress size. It's, no, it's right? like a like a briefcase. If it's briefcase? all hundreds or something, you know? Okay. But, like, let's he say... He gave it to her in one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick, though. <laughs> then I was thinking, like, what do I do on day one with a million dollars? First of all, we're getting the girls together. Maybe Hoella haven't to decided. Go to the spa. <laughs> because you know we gotta go to like we gotta go to rodeo drive we gotta get like bomb ass outfits for that night we're gonna get like don't even talk about this my head's gonna explode (laughs) we gotta get a couple of bungalows at the beverly hills hotel 
we already have too much fun with the level with of the yes like wealth uh, quote you know that we have like imagine if we were fucking rich oh like, shit yeah it would be f- <laughs> i said that'd be fucked up <laughs> because right now we're like hanging out go yeah. to a good restaurant let's go to this place all right let's go what yeah. if we were super rich we'd be like at a restaurant we'd be like let's get a jet and go to con all right yeah. let's go yeah let's fucking go Fuck. that's what i was thinking like would we have is day one like a little staycation like that or is day one like let's get a yacht in like san tropez it's a staycation because otherwise we're gonna fucking explode like, yeah that's true yeah. we'll get all all the jenny rivera tequila money can buy for the pre-party yeah. at the fill hotel a fill a bathtub <laughs> jenny rivera oh. tequila. <laughs> i was like with what with water <laughs> with champs oh my god i'd yeah. for sure i'd want to do the uh the 30 course omakase menu at uh fucking no not in napa at like oh well, yeah we could go to napa what's we that could take, one like, a private restaurant jet. in napa uh french laundry yeah yeah although i i have a crush on this guy who told me it was overrated but he's Didn't also pretentious Arash say that his friend went and really thing? oh yeah. i didn't know that okay so yeah so anyway we'd we'd like fill up the pool with the jenny rivera tequila <laughs> Do a fucking puzzle. <laughs> a puzzle? A 24-karat gold puzzle, baby? <laughs> Fall asleep in, like, the fancy bathrobes and the terry cloth bathrobes. Oh, my God. Shit. It's lit. And then, like, you kind of, in California, you almost have to spend that million because you, like, can't even buy a house with that. No, like. you can't. Fuck it. You might as well just have fun. Anyway, so, um, oh, and then I was thinking, like, all right. If we did go on a trip like that, like took the jet to like can or something, like might as well, if we're already like on a yacht or something, like meet some off-brand royal. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for like an off-brand Guatemalan Meghan Markle. <laughs> flip that flip that one million into like six million in tiaras. Like that's shit. a hustle, right? There. <laughs> that's a hustle. Anyway, so Heidi was super into Bernie. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Later in the documentary, she talks about well, th- when she's talking in the documentary, she must have been like in her late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. She talks about how as soon as she started getting into dudes, she was all about older guys. At the time, she said that any guy over 40 started looking good as fuck to her. So here's this wow. older guy, you know, 60 years old, who seems like he did l- like her a lot and was very generous with her. So, of course, she was feeling him. But the problem with Bernie was that it didn't seem like he had any intention of ever being monogamous with her. And that's what she really wanted. Oh, well, yeah. Because her parents, right? They're together and shit. No, they're not together. They broke oh. up when she was uh, like 12 or something. Oh, damn. So anyway, he he wasn't trying to uh, wife her up, I guess. So she ends up leaving him, which girl, that's kind of ballsy. Like, you- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you left you left your billionaire sugar daddy. But yeah. She ends up leaving him and heads back to L.A., determined to be rich on her own and maintain that lifestyle to which she had become accustomed. I respect it. I respect it, girl. That's when she meets her next boyfriend, Ivan Naj, who was a convicted bookie, sometime TV director, I guess. He directed, like, like an episode of, like, Startsky and Hutch or some shit. Uh-huh. And sometime pimp. He's 30 years older than her. Ivan is the sort of oafish Hungarian who comes across like a gangster. He was well-connected in the sort of seedier underbelly of Hollywood. Heidi's mom, Alyssa, later said that it was kind of Ivan who took all of Heidi's potential and corrupted it. Oh. 
Yvonne is not a good guy in any shape, way, or form. He, We know for sure that he threatened Heidi with physical harm. He put a knife to her throat. This is like in front of people. He Jesus. emotionally blackmailed her. He threatened her friends and family, including to cut her little brother's arms and legs off. He beat her up and was all around abusive. So, oh my God, major, major asshole. So it was the late 80s, early 90s. And in L.A. at the time, a woman named Madam Alex Adams ran the fucking city. If you were in the market for a sex worker during this time and you weren't picking some random girl off the corner, chances are you were going to get one of Madam Alex's girl. Like straight up six more months on the street and Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman would have been working for Madam Alex. Alex ran a cash business, obviously, and she didn't have credit. So it was hard for her to get her girls plane tickets and stuff like that. Uh Uh, So whenever she got a a call from an out of town client, she ended up having to go through an associate of hers, which happened to be Yvonne. So Yvonne would just use his credit cards to finance stuff like that like he was just the front basically just to get things that cash couldn't buy he was uh he was just the middleman legend has it that yvonne owed madam alex 450 dollars and he sold heidi to madam alex what for 450 dollars wow damn heidi was in deep with this guy yeah i think you know, she had just gotten out of this relationship of a guy who re- who she really loved. And here's another guy who's seemingly like her type, like a strong, older gentleman, uh, right. well-connected. Right. In a different, you know, obviously in a different category as her as Bernie. But like, I think she thought, OK, maybe maybe this is the guy for me. Yeah. And also she's rejected by Bernie. So maybe she's like, maybe this is the kind of guy I deserve or something. Right. Yep. So, yeah, it's fucking sucks anyway so uh, heidi uh, actually yvonne and madam alex are both a little coy about what exactly went down but heidi denies that story she puts it more like yvonne made the introduction to madam alex and he took a 500 dollars commission which was customary oh wow but once you learn about heidi you know how important it was for her to be in control and in charge or at least feel that way at all times so yeah. if, if she was sold to madam alex this would absolutely be something that she would be ashamed of and try to cover up. So, right. So honestly, who knows? So Heidi started working for Madam Alex doing sex work for the next year and a half. But if we know Heidi, we know that the one thing she's fucking good at is learning a hustle and then running with it. Right. So Heidi did what she does. Heidi did what Heidi do. She studied the business inside and out, and she knew what she had to do to be her own boss and take that shit to the next level. Plus, in her own words, she was a quote-unquote bad hooker. Oh, okay. (laughs) Madam Alex's business had some areas which could have been improved upon. First of all, Madam Alex's girls weren't exactly beautiful. As you can imagine, sex work being an underground business, it wasn't necessarily attracting girls who had a whole lot of options in life. Right. So as far as her employees went, Madam Alex kind of just took what she could get. Second, Madam Alex had a big fucking mouth she was notoriously an anonymous source to all the tabloids and towards the end of her career beat her pandering aka pimping charges only because a high-ranking detective took the stand in her defense and revealed that she was one of the top informants for the lapd wow yeah so remember that heidi had spent a while traveling the world with her ex boo bernie 
Through Bernie, she made a lot of important connections, not only with the rich and powerful, but also with beautiful women from similar, from similar comfortable backgrounds such as her own, who were maybe traveling around the world to out of boredom on the arms of some of these dudes. So girls, check. And recognizing Madame Alex had a problem with discretion right away, Heidi knew that discretion had to be her number one priority. Check, check. Mm-hmm. And with that, by 1990, Heidi went into business for herself and became Madame Alex's direct competition in L.A. In Good the, for her. I know. Like, she's such a fucking hustler. She's only at this point, I think she's like 23 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, in the documentary, Alex talks so much shit about Heidi. She says that she was in way over her head, that she didn't know shit. She didn't know what the fuck she was doing, blah, 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 blah. You can tell that she's just salty because almost right away, Heidi became an unparalleled success. Yeah. She was operating on a level that really no one had ever done before in her business. Her best friend at the time was Victoria Sellers, the daughter of one of my favorite actors, Peter Sellers, and model and actress Britt Eklund. I think Heidi went to high school with Victoria, but I'm not 100%, but they were for sure BFF since they were like 16 years old. Oh, wow. Mostly because I think they partied a lot together because Victoria is like a famous drug addict. Uh-huh. And Heidi was like, at that time, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would call Heidi an addict at that time. Yeah. I mean, certainly now, but at that time she was just like, you know, casual fun. drug user. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Victoria, like a lot of the kids of the rich and famous in Hollywood, was deep into the Hollywood drug and party scene. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Victoria owned a piece of a very exclusive nightclub on the Sunset Strip called On the Rocks, and that's where Heidi ran her business. On the Rocks is above the Roxy, and it's still there. It's changed hands a few times, but it continues to be mildly exclusive. Like nowadays, you can get in like with a little bit of planning, like if you just call and or like email to try to get on the guest list or something. Yeah, but the and the thing about that club is that it's super small. I want to say like you can fit like I don't know like seventy people or something in it. Yeah. Which is why it was so exclusive. But back in the days, it was like, unless you were Prince or Axl Rose or someone with connections to that kind of VIP, you you weren't getting into On the Rocks. So Heidi really lucked out there because that was the perfect place to meet and connect with VIP clients. And so Heidi ran the business out of On the Rocks. And uh, Heidi put out a coffee table book back in the day after she got out of prison that literally brought the receipts about what business was like at the time. In the book, she includes pictures of the receipts from Gucci and Cartier from gifts that clients would buy her and her girls. Wow. She shows in her books that some of the girls regularly received $100,000 tips from some of her best clients. Damn. At least one of her clients tipped $1 million. Damn. (laughs) Her clientele included studio heads and movie stars, with the studios allegedly having discretionary budgets set aside just to hire her girls out for parties and trips. Shit. Rumor has it, Heidi was just straight up on the payroll at Columbia Pictures like any other employee. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, later, like when she got arrested, a bunch of executives had to resign because of that. (laughs) Damn. But Victoria says that the vast majority of Heidi's clients, by a long shot, were wealthy Arabs. She's like, it was like 90% of the clients. Wow. Victoria says that they'd hit Heidi up, want her to send like five or 10 or more of their most, of her most beautiful blondes for a weekend or a week or whatever, and have her girls fly out first class, of course, or send their private planes 
and Heidi would get wired the cash or someone would show up with a briefcase full of thousands upon thousands of dollars. Wow. Meanwhile, on paper, Heidi was an employee of her dad's medical practice where Dr. Fleiss would help her launder immense amounts of money through the clinic. Holy shit. I mean, it's perfect if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's already it's he's already it's, successful. He's already successful. He's already working with people who potentially use a lot of cash. Yeah. You know, it's a great place to hide the money. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. So Heidi's girls were getting rich and Heidi's cut was 40%. So Heidi was getting fucking richer. Wow. She made her first million within four months. Oh, my God. Not including tips. That was just like the straight, you know. That's fucking awesome. In fees. Yeah. And life was good. Heidi later said, quote, if you're going to run an illegal business, you better be driving the best car, living in the biggest house, fucking the best looking people and spending every dollar you make because sooner or later you're going to get caught. That's true, though. Mm -hmm. That's true. And that's exactly how she lived her life at the time. The fast good. Life. She bought Michael Douglas's house from him in Beverly Hills, where she'd often have pool parties with all her girls in attendance to network and mingle with the VIPs like Mick Jagger and Jack Nicholson and Prince. Not that she's saying that those guys were her clients because money never exchanged hands at her house parties. They were just basically like PR advertising type events. Right. Like if, you know, if you're a VIP in LA, you want to go to the most fun, craziest, exclusive party. You want to rub shoulders with like A++ list celebs and beautiful women, you go to Heidi's. Yeah. Maybe you're a studio executive trying to show some investors a good time. And then the next time you're in need of services, who are you going to call? Fucking Heidi. Heidi. Yeah. yeah. And that's how she grew her business. She really tapped into like a niche high-end market that wasn't really being served by the sex industry at that time. Like at, at the time, it was like the before her, the best you could do was Madam Alex. And that yeah, those were like drug addicts, basically. Yeah. Girls down on their luck. Yeah. And from what I understand, her girls were treated, were treated pretty well. I bet. Uh, because Heidi, like she she did it, you know, for like a year and a half. So she kind of like knew what was up. And mm -hmm. she was really good at sort of screening customers. Like if you're going to do like some crazy shit that like the girl wouldn't be into, she for sure wouldn't send a girl on on that trip because like she's protecting her girls because that's, yeah, that's who her makes bag. her That's money. her yeah. bag. Yeah. yeah. There was only one story from one woman that I found who said she had a bad experience. She claims that Heidi was mean and cruel and like a straight up like cokehead and wouldn't let the girls have long hair or wear expensive clothes or good makeup so that they wouldn't look too pretty and have one of the clients fall in love and steal them away. Which I feel like it's fucking weird. Well, when she talks about her experience today, she says that she was, in her words, trafficked. Which is oh, like really wow, sad. that's a very serious. That's yeah, and but and now she's doing work with like human trafficking. So I don't know if oh, it's wow. just like I'm sure there are parallels, yeah. Especially like if you went into it not on like your own accord. So of course, yeah. But I have like a couple of issues with this because like first of all, I don't know that like the client falling in love happens that often. Yeah. If ever, Charlie Sheen has a famous quote about sex workers where he said that you're not paying for the sex, you're paying for them to leave after. Yeah, right. These aren't guys that are looking for girlfriends or wives. These aren't guys that necessarily have a hard time getting someone in their bed. Right, exactly. But they're looking for discreteness. Yes. They're looking, like, remember we were talking about, like, Puffy or, like, yes, yeah, famous exactly. men? 
-hmm. like they have a lot of access to sex but at at some point it becomes about like who can you trust yeah someone you fucking pay yeah a professional. you pay for that trust yeah mm -hmm. yeah so i kind of oh i don't see that and then the other thing that i'm like kind of weird about is like she said that heidi didn't want them to be beautiful where heidi made her built her whole business on having the most beautiful girls right <laughs> And that's what set her business apart. And she used to brag that some of her girls had done covers of like Seventeen magazine and like all these other magazines. Yeah. So this one woman, I don't like I don't buy it. Not that I'm like discounting her experience because it's obviously she had a bad experience. Obviously, like she and Heidi didn't get along. Maybe Heidi was a bit hurt. Maybe Heidi was becoming an addict at this point. But like uh, I just the, the two reasons that she gave, like those two examples, I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah, a little iffy about it. Um, but yeah, like I said, in general, the other girls haven't spoken out about like any negative experiences. Hmm. So next, Heidi dropped that asshole Yvonne, which I'm sure wasn't easy. And in fact, she could never really get away from him because like a lot of abusive men, he would always find ways to keep a grasp on her and control her in any way that he could, whether big or small. Like Heidi had like four phones running out of her house just running her business and he would have people like call every single one of them at the same time to clog up the lines and like until she, he would until she would stop and like speak to him and but they were broken up they were like on again off again sort of thing like she would get away from him and then he'd be he'd call her and creep be like, back Hi, in yeah fuck this guy yeah an asshole so business was good on her slowest night she made 10 grand Jesus. <laughs> and between 1991 and 1992, her business was growing so fast that she actually had to start rejecting girls who wanted to work for her. Wow. So things were looking up. At this rate, Heidi was going to end up on the cover of Fortune. Right. Like, I hate to, I hate to, uh, we talked about this before, like, I don't want to, like, romanticize narcos or anything, but, like, uh, like, Pablo Escobar, like, changed the game. Like, right. he turned it, he turned his small business, what was traditionally a small business, into, like, a conglomerate. Right. This is basically, like, the track that Heidi was going on. Right. But when your business is pleasure, lines can get a little blurred. And our girl Heidi liked to party and partake in drugs and alcohol a little bit too much. I think that, especially at the time, drug drugs and alcohol were a big part of the culture of the sex industry. Uh-huh. And we know that she's also throwing around money and living it up around this time. So this is when she starts to sort of break one of the original rules she had for herself about getting in this business when she starts to be a little less discreet. Uh-oh. So Heidi, she never ever to this day name dropped her clients, but she for sure made it known that she was the most powerful madam in L.A. Right. In L.A. at least, probably even like the country or right. more. But she wanted people to know who she was and what her business was and how successful she was at it. She wanted to be a celebrity, which isn't exactly a good idea when you're laundering cash through your dad's pediatrics pra practice. Right. And another thing, the cast of characters around her didn't like that she was so successful and certainly didn't like that she was getting all that attention. So they're just waiting for her to fall. Mm -hmm. It also didn't help that her ego was growing right along with her bank account. And she's like, you know, she's I mean, she she did that, though. Like, Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1993, a couple of people sold Heidi out to the cops. One was her on again, off again boyfriend, Yvonne. Fuck that fool. Mm -hmm. 
he was like just trying to control her and it was getting harder and harder to control her so he did he played his last card basically what a bitch and she was still sort of with him after this knowing that he sold her out Ugh. god damn he okay. probably played it off to her he probably was like this was for the best for you Ugh, yeah you know fuck this one all right and the other person that sold her out was homegirl who claimed that heidi didn't want her to look pretty <gasps> really yeah wow. she became an informant for the cops damn yeah so the cops went undercover and eventually raided heidi's house during the raid, they found traveler's checks from Charlie Sheen that he had just given her. <laughs> <laughs> My boy, Charlie. For like $55,000. Damn. Which is why to this day, he's the only celeb that we know for sure was in Heidi's infamous black book. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. Bloop. The, Heidi revealed that the infamous black book was actually four red leather gucci day planners bound together which i thought was really cool <laughs> oh damn yeah that sounds way better than black book <laughs> the cops also found some checks that they traced to billionaire media mogul carrie packer the father wow. of mariah carey's ex-fiance james packer wow heidi later said that carrie was one client who would tip a million bucks like it was nothing god damn that's baller <laughs> Anyway, Heidi was charged with pandering and also a different charge related to the cocaine that they found. So oh. she caught she got a possession with intent to sell charge because, as you can imagine, sometimes she would send out the girls with the drugs. It was like part of the package or whatever. Right. And Heidi faced 11 years in federal prison. Fuck. If she wasn't the most famous madam in the world before her arrest, she certainly was now because yeah. the media jumped all over this story. The videos of her, like getting arrested and stuff and she's smiling and shit yeah yeah because i mean like she was like she said she's living her best life and she knew it was just a matter of time right so and, whatever and like the videos of her in like court and stuff she's wearing like gucci Six suits, suits. <laughs> yeah she looks so good <laughs> uh yeah, so the media jumped all over the story. It was on the front page of every newspaper. She was on all of those tabloid shows like Inside Edition and Hard Copy and shit. She was offered numerous deals by the DA to plead out and give up her black book, but she refused. Good for her. You ain't no snitch, Heidi. Yeah, that's what she said. Everyone always asks her. That's like the number one question. Like, why wouldn't you ever just like give up the name? So she's like, it's not my style. Yeah. She was let out while she awaited trial for her to attend outpatient rehab in Pasadena. Where oh, she, that's good. Where she also opened a clothing store named Heidi Wear. <laughs> it has like, it was all brand, uh, it was all like branded merchandise. It looks like she should low key like reopen that shit. I bet like people with all this 90s nostalgia, people would eat that shit up. Hell yeah. It was like oversized t shirts and like biker shorts and shit, hats that said oh. Heidi Wear. It was like, <laughs> I found one t shirt on eBay and it was signed and shit. Oh my God. Yeah. She needs to bring that shit back. Yeah. And I even like I was looking on um, Google Street View to see like what the storefront looks like. Now it's empty. Heidi, go get your fucking store. Go do that shit. <laughs> Seriously, bring it back. All right. So everyone in her orbit, of course, tried to cash in. Her mom sold her story and Yvonne Aww. sold her nudes. Oh, <gasps> yeah. And even in that documentary that I saw, he gave them footage of like their vacation videos where he's following her around and she's like naked and just hanging out having fun like playing with him and stuff and he's just like a mega asshole 
Fuck that guy. He also, I don't know if he produced it, but he definitely signed off on like a TV movie, not a TV movie, but like a softcore porn that was about a guy who skins prostitutes and one of the prostitutes was named Heidi in it. Jesus like, Christ. He's I don't know what his deal if that was like sort of like sending her a message or yeah. or what, but he's a fucking weirdo and he cashed in just like everybody else. Yeah. Like, yeah, sucks. And the documentary takes place during this time, like while she's awaiting trial. Uh-huh. And she's like fighting with her homegirl Victoria. Aww. She kicked Victoria out of the house and her life is like in fucking shambles. Fuck. Because who can she trust at this point? Fucking Nobody. Her, her mom sold her out. Her yeah. Yvonne, Yvonne did what Yvonne fucking does. Like, yeah. <laughs> sucks. Okay. When she finally went to trial, Heidi became the only madam to ever be prosecuted in the state of California. Oh, wow. So she was kind of like, you see her talking about it. She's like, why me? Like, why of all the people that they chose, why me? And she's like, it's got to be because of, they were after her black book because she has got really powerful people in it. Right. In the end, when Heidi refused to cooperate, she was found guilty of three counts and was sentenced to seven years. Oh, man. But ended up serving three years in federal prison. Good. She got out in late 1999. Her dad, Paul, was sentenced to one day in prison, three years probation, 625 hours of community service, and $50,000 fine for his role in the money laundering. What? <laughs> There was also a 1996 TV movie about him called The Good Doctor, The Paul Fleiss Story. <laughs> oh, my God. When she got out, she jumped into a long relationship with the actor Tom Sizemore, which turned out to be very abusive. Yeah. Tom was convicted of domestic violence against her and has recently been accused of fondling the genitals of an 11-year-old actress on the set of one of his movies. <gasps> Are you serious, mm, me? That's ongoing, so we got to keep an eye on that story. Wow. He was on uh, Celebrity Rehab. With her. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Oh, okay. Okay, so since she got out, Heidi's done a lot of reality TV. She was on Celebrity Big Brother. That that seems perfect for her, because she would be so interesting. Just, like, just talk. Just tell us all your stories, man. You Seriously. Don't, you don't have to name names or anything, but just, like, tell you. She must have seen, like, some crazy shit. Hell, yeah. And, like you said, she... She was on Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. When she was asked why she would do that show, Heidi said that she got offered half a million bucks to be a celebrity and go to rehab. <laughs> so, of course, she was going to do it. She really did need to go to rehab, though, because she has, I think she continues to struggle with a meth problem, but it was, like, really bad back then. Yeah, she looks, like, run down. Yeah, she's been through some shit, like, fucking, she's, oh, she did time. But you could totally tell that she's a drug user, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I read something where, like, I, I think on that show, Dr. Drew had uh, a scan done of her brain. Uh-huh. And she shows, like, some damage in the part of her brain that shows empathy. Oh, shit. So is she low-key a psychopath? Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. But I don't know. She has, she seemed to be good to her girls and stuff, so. Yeah. That was a long-ass time ago, though. Yeah, it, before her brain got fucking ruined by drugs, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Dr. Drew brought in her ex, Tom Sizemore, which I feel like is terrible and another example of Dr. Drew's yeah, really Dr. Drew's problematic, terrible behavior. But he brought them together in one episode to confront each other. And Why? Heidi seemed like it's she took it surprisingly well. She said kind of like the past is the past sort of thing. 
But since then, she's talked about how much of a monster he is and like the things that she said that he used to make her watch videos of like really degrading, not just sex acts, but like, like murders, like snuff film type things. Whoa. And so when they asked her about what she thought about this current thing with the, with the rape of this young girl, she's like, I'm not surprised. Wow. After she got out of rehab, Heidi moved to Nevada and planned on opening a brothel called the Stud Farm, which was basically going to be a women's spa featuring male sex workers. Right. She bought several acres of land and made plans to develop a wind farm so that it'd be self-sustainable. We stand an environmentally conscious madam. Yes. She spent several years developing this, but it never got off the ground. I wouldn't be opposed to going to a brothel for women, but I for sure could never afford the the brothel <laughs> that I would want to go to. Like, it would have to be luxurious. <laughs> and, like, the, have you ever seen that show, Gigolos? No, but I've heard of it. I think it was on Showtime. I always see clips of it, like, on those shows that do recaps. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, though that show sort of followed around male escorts and... and they were usually greasy and roided out. And that seems to me like whenever you hear about a male escort, that's usually what they look like. And that's yes. not what I would be looking for. <laughs> right. I want or I want a nice, nice guy in a sweater prostitute, a male prostitute, male sex worker. <laughs> Does that exist? Is that a thing? You want a William Sonoma type brothel? Yes. <laughs> yes, that would be perfect. I want uh, where has Martha Stewart ever gone to a brothel? I want to go to the brothel Martha Stewart goes to. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, so she was engaged for a time to the late Dennis Hoff, who we all remember as the owner of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. I forgot he died, dude. <laughs> RIP. And you know that he died while he was running for state senate or something yes. like that? And, and like he, he still, still won. won. Right? <laughs> Ethel's ghost is going to be your senator. <laughs> I would rather I would rather vote for the ghost of Dennis Hoff than Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, for real. Me too. Anyway, so yeah, Dennis Hoff, the owner of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch and one of the stars of the HBO documentary series Cat House. Which was amazing. Amazing. Go back and watch it. Is it on HBO Go? It has to be. I don't know. I don't think so, dude. Oh, God. Go back and watch it if you can find it. So good. Actually, go back and watch Taxi Cab Confessions. Yes. Maybe. uh, What What was was the the one one with the porn star where she would do like. Was that just a one special? She was awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. She was also in that movie with. Seth Rogen. Um, yes, uh, the porno. Zach and I, Zach and Mary make a porno. Yeah. Yes. So this, what was her name? Katie. What? I gotta find it now. Me too. Katie Morgan. Yes. So Katie Morgan used to have a show where she would just like talk about sex, like give sex advice and stuff like that on HBO. She's like naked and shit. Yeah, she's just naked in it, like yeah, just giving cool. like low key, like almost like a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. So uh, Heidi says that. that relationship came about because it was just nice to be in a relationship with someone who got her and like understood and just like got her former business. Yeah. When her dad died in 2014, RIP, Heidi inherited a million bucks. So she's not hurting for cash at the moment. Yeah. She also flips Airstream trailers anonymously on eBay to hipsters and apparently quadruples her money on each trailer. So good for her because those are fucking expensive. Yeah, they are. They're sick. Like, I, w- I want one so bad, but... Yeah, her whole sister has one. 
No, she has a not an Airstream, but she has like the Jetsons looking one. Oh yeah, like the one that's attachable. Yeah, I like yeah. that one too. Yeah. Nowadays, she says that the sex industry bores her. So don't look for her to hop back into it anytime soon. She lives in Pahrump, Nevada, where she fulfilled my dream of owning a laundromat called <laughs> Dirty Laundry. That's cool. Isn't that real cool? Yeah. But also, I'm kind of like, I'm suspicious because, Heidi, you run in a cash business? Yeah, seriously. What's going on? It's literally laundering. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Damn, it's close to Death Valley? Yeah, it's 60 miles outside of Vegas. Oh, God. It's like desolate. She thought she was going to kind of revitalize that area when she would open the stud farm and have like energy farm there. Uh She was like, I'm basically going to start a new town out here, you know? And it kind of, I think that she was real disappointed when that didn't happen. I bet. So she has several dozen large and exotic birds that live in the house with her. Yeah. She was, it's like a weird story. She was, her neighbor was the woman who was like the caretaker for the birds for the Tropicana Hotel. Uh Uh-huh. And she, Heidi is like, what you, when you hear her neighbors talk about her, they fucking love her because they know everything that she wanted to do, even though it didn't work out, like everything she wanted to do in the neighborhood. And she's like really good to them. I think she like repaved someone's driveway one day and like, that's awesome. This old man, his van broke down. So she got him like a, a, new van like a used van yeah and like she just seems like a good neighbor anyway she used to live next door to this woman who was the caretaker and one day the woman called her over and she wasn't feeling well so heidi called her dad and was like giving her giving him the symptoms and then yeah. he was like no heidi you need to call the ambulance wow so like the ambulance came and then the woman left and she said that her last words to her were like take care of my birds oh. and then woman ne- never came home she died Oh, wow. So Heidi took all of the birds and now she like all these birds live with her in her fucking house. She fucking loves those birds. She loves those birds. That's yeah. what Dr. Drew was talking about. He was like, uh, she has this, you know, brain issue. Right. But she has this love for her birds. Yeah. Which is weird. But Tony Soprano also loved animals. Ducks, birds. I was just telling her we should try the challenge. We should challenge ourselves to watch The Sopranos. Oh, you should. All six seasons are on Amazon. And HBO Go. Oh, okay. So whenever a magazine goes to interview her, they always go see her in her crazy parrot house and they know how fucking crazy it is. Like she has the parrot sleeping with her in her bed poking holes in $4,000 sheets. Great. (laughs) So aside from that, she seems like she's sort of keeping her shit together. Good for her, dude. I I know that the meth might still be a mild problem. She says, especially that, like, in Pahrump, Nevada. <laughs> she says it's like when um, like when her dad died. Like obviously that was a sad moment for her. Right. Uh, when when Dennis Hoff died, like another sad moment for her. I think that she uses it as a crutch. But like yeah. she's she's functioning. Her businesses are doing well. She's alive. Like she's you know, good for her living her best life and yeah hopefully quiet life and she gets some rest and relaxation she deserved it yeah that's the story of the hollywood madam heidi fleiss that was awesome man good job what a ride who should play heidi in the movie Ooh, courtney cox Ooh, that's perfect that's a good one huh oh i was thinking sarah silverman oh yeah 
But sometimes yeah. Sarah Silverman's voice is like a whole ass thing. Yeah, yeah. You got to get past <laughs> it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Remember when she was, what was that movie with like, I want to say Seth Rogen and Michelle Williams? Oh, I never saw that. Sarah Silverman's or, in that? Or wait, was it, or was it like Ryan Gosling? I have no idea. It's Blue Valentine. Was she in Blue Valentine? No. Okay. Never mind. I'm thinking of something else. Anyway, one of the cool parts of the documentary was when the when the dude was trying to track down like Heidi, uh-huh. trying to track her down. Like uh-huh. the it it was funny. Like he started off like with one connection to another connection. Like oh, this person knows Victoria, and then like Victoria can connect you to this person, and then this person, this person. One of the persons in that chain was the director of the um, like the John Wayne Bobbitt porno. Oh yeah. <laughs> And like he was like, oh well, yeah, I could get you to one of Bobby's, one of uh, Heidi's girls, Damn. and like that's how he tracked her down. That's funny. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod. Hit us up on the website dramaclubpod.com and at the Gmail dramaclubpod at gmail.com. On the hotline five zero five five three nine zero five five six at our PO box PO box number two seven four three three Los Angeles California nine zero zero two seven of post offices right near Heidi's oh cute. money laundering cute. establishment <laughs> so anyway yeah um we'll talk to you guys on Monday with a brand new afternoon delight episode bye bye however whatever with your helmet <laughs>